Ready to break free from algorithms, vanity PR, and money-sucking ads? My name's Larissa Worstiak, and I've learned in seven years of jewelry marketing that content is the crown jewel. My agency, Joy Joya, takes a holistic approach, leading with laser-focused storytelling, impactful content creation, and strategic content distribution. This method has worked for the solopreneur as well as the multi-million dollar company. And now I'm sharing the same systems and tactics with you. Here's to standing out in the sea of sparkle. This is episode 252, and today we're setting sail on an exciting new direction for the podcast. If you've been following along, you might remember that earlier this year, we announced the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Grant. I was thrilled to receive so many incredible applications from talented jewelry business owners looking to take their marketing efforts to the next level. Well, the wait is finally over. In June, I selected the recipient of this grant, and now we're officially embarking on this amazing new journey together. So today, I'm delighted to unveil the winner of the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Grant, who will be receiving six months of digital marketing services courtesy of our agency, Joy Joya. It's going to be a transformative experience for this jewelry brand, and I can't wait to see their dreams turn into shining realities. In this episode, not only will I reveal the name of the lucky grant recipient, but you'll also have the unique opportunity to get up close and personal with the founder and maker behind this exceptional jewelry business. We'll be sitting down for an interview. They'll be sharing their story, vision, and passion that fuels their creations. And over the coming six months, we'll be diving headfirst into this world of jewelry marketing, witnessing firsthand the ups, the downs, and the dazzling successes that come with elevating a brand's digital presence. So whether you're a fellow jewelry entrepreneur looking to gain valuable insights, or simply a jewelry aficionado eager to learn more about the craft and business behind running a jewelry brand, then this new direction is made for you. Remember to stay tuned after the interview with our grant winner, since I'll still be sharing my regular gold mine segment. But before we get to the solid gold of this episode, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this podcast has both audio and video, so you can either listen on your favorite podcast platform or watch on YouTube by searching Joy Joya. You can support the podcast for free by taking the time not only to subscribe, but also to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a review, I might read it on a future episode. So please let me know what you think or any other major takeaways you've had recently. Okay, let's get into today's episode, my sparklers. So as I mentioned in the intro, I'm unveiling the winner of the 2023 Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Grant and basically the subject of this podcast for the next six months. Are you ready? Drum roll, please. The winner of the grant is Hillary Fink 
Jewelry. This brand is founded and led by Hilary Fink, who handcrafts all her jewelry pieces. It's a cutting edge and growing brand that appeals to collectors who have a love for individuality and an eye for innovative design. Hillary will be joining us virtually from the San Francisco Bay Area. And with over two decades of experience under her belt, she's a true master of her craft, specializing in one-of-a-kind and small batch pieces using traditional metal smithing techniques, precious metals, and unique stones. What really sets Hillary's work apart is her unwavering dedication to celebrating originality. So each piece she creates is a testament to her love for perpetual exploration and development, resulting in designs that are both unconventional and sophisticated at the same time. By blending color, texture, form, and intricate details, Hillary ensures that no two pieces are ever alike, making them future heirlooms in their own right. Her captured collection, which is my personal favorite, truly highlights the beauty of gemstones and natural materials. In addition to her creative endeavors, Hillary is an active figure in the jewelry community, generously sharing her knowledge by teaching jewelry and metal smithing classes at prestigious art centers like the Palo Alto Art Center in California and the Silvermine Art Center in Connecticut. Not to mention her incredible contributions as the president of the Metal Arts Guild from 2021 to 2023, where she played a vital role in championing and supporting Bay Area metal artists and jewelers. Hillary's passion for her craft is infectious and her dedication to creating these captivating pieces is evident in every stroke of her hammer and placement of gemstones. Without further delay, let's hear directly from Hillary what she thinks are her strengths, weaknesses, challenges, and goals. Hi, Hillary. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you and your brand as the recipient of the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Grant this year. And I'm also very excited to share you with the podcast listeners and viewers. So welcome. Thank you, Larissa. I'm excited too. Yeah. So I figured we would start off by just letting everyone know more about your business so you can introduce yourself and give some background information about your brand. So I'm Hillary Fink and my brand is called Hillary Fink Jewelry. And um, officially my business has been back in business for five, about five years now. Um, I was making jewelry in the early 2000s and kind of had a career transition and wasn't making jewelry for many years, but now I'm back at it full time. Um, it'll be five years this September, which is really exciting. Um, and really what I like to make is just jewelry that feels really good for the wearer, something that's really unique. Um, I do a lot of one of a kind and what I really want my jewelry to to speak to is just, you know, individuality, uniqueness. When someone gets a piece, I want them to know that there's most likely no one else on earth that's going to have a piece like that. And that feels really good to me. It keeps things interesting to me. And I want to keep things interesting for my clients too. And I know you're also just involved in the jewelry industry in general. What are some ways that you're, you're active in the industry? I was just the recent president of the Metal Arts Guild, which is the 
Metal Arts Guild for the San Francisco Bay Area. And that's a two-year term. And so um, part of the term was a little bit still COVID-y, so we weren't able to do a whole lot. But um, I had the opportunity to start a couple new programs, and um, I wanted to give back to our community. So I started a couple grant programs myself. So um, we started doing a spring and a fall um, grant, and the fall grant was for... um, uh, people who want to take classes. And then the spring grant was for people that were already in business and something to help them like purchase a piece of equipment or, you know, maybe get some marketing services or something like that. So it was, it was really nice to, to meet people in the community. Yeah. That sounds like an amazing initiative. I like that. It was great. Yeah, definitely helped. I think it helped people understand, you know, kind of after like the quiet time of COVID that like the Metal Arts Guild is still there. We're here. We want to help and we want to give back. So in regard to your business, since you've started, you've pretty much been doing all the things yourself. You've been on your own wearing all the hats. I know you are a member of Liz Kantner Stay Gold Collective. So you do have support in that form, but I'm really curious, like over these years, doing all these things, what are like some of the challenges that you faced in running a business? I mean, at first it was just getting my jewelry out there (laughs) and not really even understanding what was going on in the jewelry world because the last time I'd made a piece of jewelry was like 10 or 12 years prior. And so, um, you know, I came back and now there's Instagram, there's, there might've been Facebook before. I don't know. I wasn't really using it though. Um, you know, there's e-commerce websites, you know, there's all these things that were there to help, but I didn't really know what I was doing. So to get back in, I actually hired a career coach and she helped me launch, relaunch my business, which was really helpful. Um, but otherwise, you know, I think it's just, it's just been kind of an uphill, uh, I'm not going to say battle, but just, a you know, it's just work to get your name out there, to get your brand recognized, to get your jewelry recognized And, um, a lot of that is marketing and I will just fully admit that's not my strong suit. So, you know, I feel like I've done fairly well at Instagram. I've been trying to do as many newsletters as I feel my clientele will stand. Um, but I know there's just so much more that I can be doing, um, which is why I applied for this grant. Yeah. And I mean, just on your own, I have to give Hillary credit because especially with social media, she's done so much to just get herself to like a certain point of like engagement, to grow her followers, to build brand awareness. So she's done such an amazing job of it. And now it's time to get to the next level, right, Hillary? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, Instagram can only take you so far and it's been great, you know, and I've become like one of these people who's like addicted to Instagram, which is kind of annoying, definitely has its drawbacks, but um, I also like to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I feel like in this day and age with all the changes that are happening with Instagram, you kind of have to be like that present on the platform just to keep up with it. Yeah. (laughs) So where would you say, well, let's start with where do you think you excel in marketing? I mean, we mentioned Instagram. Are there any other areas where you feel like you're comfortable with marketing? I mean, I really only do two things. I am on Instagram (laughs) and I send out newsletters. Um, And I 
I try to be really consistent with my newsletters and I try to really, um, create something for my newsletter community that only they're going to get. Um, cause I, you know, there's, a, you're really asking a lot of someone to invite you into their inbox. So, um, you know, I want to really build trust that way. I don't want to overuse it. I don't want to abuse it, but I want people to know that like, I'm so incredibly thankful that they're here as part of my community. And, um, so what I've done is, um, I, since I love making one of a kind and I kind of just like to make whatever I feel like making, I just put out like monthly or every other month I'll put out collections. And so those are first dibs to my newsletter community. And then, um, but you know, I'll be previewing them on Instagram. So that's a way to generate new newsletter signups. Cause I tell people, you know, first dibs goes to the newsletter community. Um, and that's worked really, really well. So I guess like connecting Instagram with my newsletter like that has worked. Um, but there's really not a whole lot else I do. I don't really, <laughs> I know there's a lot of other things I could be doing, but I just don't, I just don't do them. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally fine. And I agree. I mean, I think just the fact that you've figured out that how to use Instagram and email marketing together, even if it's just those two channels, I think that that is a, like a step ahead of a lot of people learning how to like integrate those two things. And like you said, being really consistent, which I think a lot mm. of people, a lot of jewelry business owners struggle with. Do you have any like tips or tricks for being consistent since that's something that you've been really good at? Um, I think the photography is probably the biggest thing um, is having, you know, having your, when something pops up in someone's feed, it needs to be recognizable as your brand. And so, um, I've worked really hard on just making sure that each post has the same look and I don't put a lot of stuff in it. It's just the jewelry. It's just the piece of jewelry. Um, and the jewelry is also very big in the square. So, you know, it just, it pops and it's simple. Um, so that to me, once I started doing that, that, that really worked, you know, also, I mean, maybe this sounds cliche, but I really love what I do. And I really love making jewelry and making new pieces and photographing them and showing them. And so I think that probably comes through a lot that like, this is just like what I love to do so much, you know, there's really nothing else I'd, I'd rather do. Yeah, that authenticity is really important in connecting with with your customers, I think. And to your point about the consistency, I think I noticed that a lot of jewelry business owners, they struggle with like keeping up with that, the consistent schedule. But I really like what you said about, well, I just stick with a consistent look also. And that probably makes it easier to just kind of like do it regularly because you don't have to think too much about it. You've already nailed down like the brand identity, the way you want the photographs to look. So that probably helps in like the actual cadence of everything too. Definitely. And I'm very lucky to have a, a studio with really great light. So um, I, it's easy for me to just, you know, make a piece, photograph it, come home, maybe do a little bit of, you know, brightening or whatever needs to happen and pop it up on Instagram the next day. I don't plan my Instagram posts. I know that's kind of a big no-no, <laughs> but um, I don't plan. I tried that for a while and I'm such a like spontaneous maker 
that it's hard for me to plan things because I might have things planned out. But then like two weeks later, I'm like, that's not what I want to put up anymore. You know, I've made this other piece that I'm really excited about. So I kind of sabotage planning. It's hard to, it's hard to plan with the way I make jewelry. And I think that's been part of the problem with, you know, being limited in how I market because I don't really know how to build a plan around it. You know? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Also, I'm curious, did you have a learning curve in the photography itself or did you already have a background in like knowing how to take pictures of <laughs> little detailed things or did was that something that you taught yourself over time? I just kind of figured it out with my iPhone and then I bought one of those um, clip-on macro lenses and that took, once I started doing that, it like changed everything and it just like it just makes the jewelry look incredible. And then I got the brand new iPhone, like the big one with the three lenses and the pro, you know, all that. And it has a micro, a better macro lens in it, but you can't really use the clip on anymore. So it's, <laughs> it's different. So I would, I mean, I'm happy with my new iPhone, but I have to say that clip on lens, if anyone has an iPhone where it's, they still just have like one or two little lenses, <laughs> All you need is a clip-on macro lens. It's incredible. That's yeah, a good tip. Like I didn't even know Amazon, that. <laughs> super cheap, you know. Yeah, it's they're fabulous. Cool. So let's talk about also, I know you said, okay, I'm only doing like these two things really with marketing, but I guess in your trials, experiments, have you noticed there are specific things that you're struggling with with marketing? I think it's really just sticking to a plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I will, you know, like when, and like you said, I'm part of the Stable Collective. Liz will have these, um, you know, forums and sessions about all sorts of topics. And, you know, towards the beginning of the year or maybe towards the end of one year, she's asking us to start planning for the next year, obviously. And so I'll be like, okay, good. You know, I'll put out a content calendar on a little Google Doc and I'll feel really good about it. And then I just like kind of maybe I look at it for like a month, but I don't really look at it again. And I planned like six months out and I'm like, oh, right. I said I was going to do this in March, you know? And, you know, another thing is, is I'm not a big like holiday person. And so I, I'm like, I don't really do much around Valentine's day. I don't do much around mother's day. You know, I, I, and then I feel like, oh, well, my clients aren't, they're not into those holidays. Cause I don't, do anything around those holidays really. And so I, I struggle with that. Um, I think I struggle with just like connecting all the little tiny pieces to make it all work into one big system. I think that's, it just seems very overwhelming to me. Cause as a one person show, like how can you even expect for yourself to be able to see your business and all the moving parts so objectively, you know, you're in there working on it, working on the jewelry, it's really difficult to step back and like, look at all these things together. I find it to be very difficult. And, you know, ideally I would love to just be in my studio making jewelry. And a lot of time that's, that's what I do. And then I will be exhausted and I'm like, oh shoot, I should have been, you know, doing this thing from home, you know? So it's that like struggle between like being an artist, being a creator and forcing myself to do stuff that 
one, I may not even understand, you know, or two, it just doesn't come naturally to me. And I maybe just kind of don't enjoy it. So, yeah, that's so true to what you said, like the not understanding it's like, and maybe Mm -hmm. you do understand a little bit, but then there's always the question, could this be done better? Like, am I really (laughs) doing this right? Am I doing this the most efficient way possible? So yeah, totally. I mean, it can (laughs) definitely be done better. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> we all, we all have room for improvement. That's, that's, you know, that's just a given. Um, so one of the most important things, like when we are starting with a new client, establishing goals and for all of you listening and watching, this will be something that kind of evolves to, and I'll be talking to Hillary about it and we'll continue exploring the goals um, in future episodes. But I'd really love to hear in Hillary's own words, like what she feels are her goals for the business. I mean, I think my biggest goal is to keep moving in a more high-end, fine jewelry market and find those clients. You know, like when I first started out five years ago, I was just working in silver, which is fine. I I still love silver. I, I wear mostly silver personally. Um, and you know, a lot of my clients kind of came to know that price point. And then I kind of here and there started working with gold, started working with gemstones because I really just did metal and enamel. I didn't ever work with gemstones Um, And now working with gemstones is kind of what's totally grown my business. Um, So I just want to keep moving higher and I want to make sure that I'm not leaving behind clientele, but also gaining new clientele because I always want to make silver pieces and those silver pieces might get a little more and more expensive over time, but I I don't want to leave anyone behind, but I want to, I want to broaden. And so that's a, that's a big goal for my business. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I'd love to know more about how to be on Pinterest and, (laughs) and kind of use that platform. I mean, that's another thing I think about. I'm always like, oh, I don't really understand it. And I don't have the time, but I mean, that's another goal. I would love to have more of a presence on, on Pinterest as well. So yeah, different. I mean, that's (laughs) very different goals, but both great. And I think, Yeah. Adjusting your target audience and everything you said, like not alienating your past customers, but also moving forward and doing like what you want to do, doing your vision, but still, you know, not leaving anyone behind. That is a huge challenge. And I think that's a very common growing pain because sometimes at the beginning of your business, how do you know like where you're going to want to go? Or how do you know like what the reality is going to be for whatever you're making and selling? So that makes so much sense. And to your point about Pinterest, I totally agree. I think it's like one of the biggest missed opportunities with social media right now. But at the same time, I get why a lot of brands aren't investing in it because it does take time, effort, you know, curating the same way that being on Instagram does. So it's not like Mm -hmm. an easy fix by any means. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So when, when I informed Hillary that she won the grant, we, 
I'm going through the same process with her that I would with any other Joy Joya client. And that always starts out with a brand and marketing audit. And the reason that we do that is not just to benefit the client, but also to help me and my team understand what is really going on, like an actual deep dive to try to see where the opportunities are, see what the strengths are, the weaknesses are, and where we could really have the biggest impact. So that was the first step that I did with Hillary. And I'm kind of curious to hear from you, was there anything surprising about the results of that audit? Like what were some big takeaways that you had or like what even made you excited about what you heard from that? Well, first of all, I would say that anyone who's interested in getting a brand audit should get in touch with Larissa and get one because <laughs> it was it was awesome and it was thorough and very professional and looked nice and it made me feel it made me feel really good about my business, which is really nice. <laughs> you know, I didn't like, I also didn't tell Hillary to say that. So <laughs> No, it for real. Like I was just totally delighted um, with reading it. And um, you did a great job with it. Um, and the thing that I would, there was two things that um, really kind of stuck out to me the most where I was like, okay, this is, this is why I need help. This is where I need help is the whole content marketing and the, the content strategy and how everything connects to one another. So starting to have blog posts that are targeted with certain SEO. And then those blog posts help drive people to your site through search, most likely, I guess, is how that works. And then, you know, then tying in my newsletters and my social media content to the blog, like having it all tie together and tell a story is something I've known that I, is possible, but I've never fully done it just because of the things we've talked about, like time, not knowing how to do it properly and all that. So that's something that I'm, I'm really excited about. And I'm, um, I'm just kind of looking forward to see how it all works. And then the impacts that that has actually on my business. Just like you said, a lot of Jewelry business owners know intuitively that there's like potential with that, but one, they maybe don't have the time to execute on it. And like I said before, they can't step back to see the big picture. Um, or maybe because they're so close to the story, it's hard for them to understand how to like share that with someone else or to like pick out the parts of it that might be interesting because to them, they've like hurt heard it in their head so many times that like they don't even think it's interesting anymore totally. to someone who doesn't know anything. So that's a challenge too. Yeah. Or the things that I think are interesting are not, they're actually just really nerdy, like metal flipping <laughs> things, you know, that like no one cares about. Yeah. <laughs> or they could be interesting, but it's like about finding the right way to communicate that. And that and that sometimes needs like another person to see and to like mediate the, those thoughts, you know? Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, then the other thing that I was really excited to read, and I love that you deep dive into all this is the analytics. You know, I have Google analytics on my site. I have it, you know, crawling and doing all the things it does. Um, but I just don't look at it very often. And, you know, I get my monthly report in the email that I look at like whether things went up or down and 
all that. And I'm like, okay, good. You know, I mean, that's about all I do with it. And so I love that you kind of did the deep dive on that and explained some things, some terms that I didn't understand and just kind of explained how all of that ties into how people engage with my website. So I'm excited to track that over these six months to just see how that changes too. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll be setting up Hillary with, so what we do just to give some background information, it's like, if you were to go in Google analytics, there's so many different types of data you could be looking at. And I think that's why people don't check in with it because it's really overwhelming. So what we do for clients is we'll be choosing this is like nerdy marketing speak, but key performance indicators or KPIs. And those are just, okay, we're only going to focus on these pieces of data because those are the things that matter right now based on like where you are in your business, what our goals are. And that way you can almost like put blinders on and just focus on those things rather than getting overwhelmed by like all the numbers. So we'll have a dashboard where we like just look at those things. And I think it makes it a lot easier to digest and manageable um, and easier for the client to like talk through it with them. And that way they don't get distracted by the other stuff or worried about other numbers that right now, at least like at this stage of business, they aren't as important. So that's one thing that will be really helpful too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So overall, I mean, is there anything you're really looking forward to from this experience? What are your thoughts and moving forward for like the next six months? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just excited to get started. I'm excited to, to work with you to kind of see how the, how it's all made, you know, um, and see how it all starts to tie in together. And, um, marketing is a little bit of a mystery to me. (laughs) And so I'm looking for you know, just a little bit of the onion peel to be pulled off, you know? Um, so it's really just about the big picture to me. It's going to be like Wizard of Oz where we like see who's behind the curtain kind of. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you for chatting with me today, Hillary. You'll be hearing all listeners and viewers. You'll be hearing a lot more from Hillary for the next six months when we'll be working with her, you'll be joining her on this journey and hopefully learning a lot from her own experience. And I want to remind anyone if they have questions or they want to hear specific things about what we're working on, feel free to reach out to me and we can talk with Hillary about that. So thanks again, Hillary. I'm so excited to work with you. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited too. Just totally delighted. What did you think about the interview? Are you excited to follow Hillary along on this journey? I highly encourage you to check out Hillary's website, hillaryfink.com, and that's H I L A R Y F I N C K.com. And follow her on Instagram at Hillary Fink Jewelry. I'll put those links in the show notes as well. Let me know in a podcast review or YouTube comment what you think about this new journey. Okay, let's get into the gold mine. Welcome to another edition of the gold mine, a segment of this podcast where I get personal and share insights on entrepreneurship, mindset, success, growth, and all things business. And even though I've changed the podcast format a little bit, I I can't resist continuing with the gold mine because it allows me to share topics and insights close to my heart and again, get a little bit more personal with you. 
This week, I'm delving into an activity that may seem or sound a little bit mundane, but has had a tremendous impact on my business. I'm excited to suggest it to you and reveal how it has transformed my approach to work. So I wanna talk about the very exciting topic of time tracking. I know it might not sound like the most thrilling subject, but trust me, this could potentially be a game changer for your business. So I would say about two years ago, I started tracking all of my work hours at the advice of a mentor. This very simple habit gave me so many valuable insights into how I was using my time what tasks were holding me back from more impactful income generating activities and where I could potentially delegate or outsource to enhance my efficiency and just get more done without being super stressed out. And I'm sharing this with you because I talk to jewelry business owners a lot and I understand the struggles faced by especially small business owners in this industry, when it comes to managing all the things, including marketing. So by taking a closer look at your daily work, you can reprioritize tasks and make better use of your time, leading to greater business success, the best part, without burnout. So let's talk exactly about how this works. So I can share my own personal process and approach, and then I invite you to adapt it for yourself or maybe try it, incorporate it into your workday. So when I start my workday from when I sit down at my desk, I track my time from beginning to end when I finish my workday. You could either do this manually by jotting it down in a notebook or like in a Google Doc, or what I really recommend is using a time tracking website or app. I like one called timesheets.com. What it does, it allows you to like categorize your different projects and the different hours you're spent throughout your workday so that at the end of the month or whatever time period you're tracking, you can easily export everything into a CSV or spreadsheet and then kind of very easily analyze it rather than going through your notebook and like counting everything, which sounds kind of awful. But anyway, you need to commit to this habit for at least a month. And I would do this at um, a period of time that represents like the general activities in your business. So I wouldn't do it during a very slow time of year or during a very busy time of year, I would choose a month that's kind of like your normal. And then again, divide your hours into categories, whatever makes sense for you. So maybe like when you do email marketing or when you do social media, when you have client interactions, when you're working on new designs, when you're talking to your vendors, whatever makes sense for what you're doing in your business. And then at the end of the month, you would run a report to review your productivity, your active work hours, and then how those hours are actually distributed across different activities. And the two major buckets that I want you to look at is like time spent working on your business versus time spent working in your business, which the latter of which would be like client interactions, 
making product, uploading product to your website, et cetera. Working on your business would be like proactive marketing business development activities. And you'll really be surprised at the insights that you gain. So for example, many people believe they work eight hours a day. Well, at least if this is your full-time work, but the reality is quite different. Most people achieve on a good day, about five productive, juicy working hours, even if you're at a full-time job. So really take note of when your most active hours are falling during the day and then whether the work you're doing during those hours is actual work or if you're like window shopping online or scrolling social media, like be be brutally honest with yourself about what is happening during those hours. Not to judge yourself, but to just have more clarity about when you can be most productive, when you feel most productive, how can you be more productive, what do you hate, what is easy for you to do, etc. And I have found no better way to learn those things besides time tracking. This activity will help you find a balance and allow your business to thrive while giving you more time for those growth oriented activities. And you may even discover in this process that some things can be delegated and that can help you free up your schedule for the more impactful work. Until I started time tracking, I thought I knew how I spent my time. I really did. But when you look at the data, it shows you otherwise. There's always something important to learn from this process as like tedious as it may be, and it will provide you valuable insights that will positively impact your business. So my challenge to you is to give time tracking a shot at least for a full month. It might take you some time to get used to it because you're not in the habit of thinking about it and you may forget. But once you're in the habit of it, trust me, the rewards are worth it. So embrace this habit, see what adjustments you can make to further improve your business. Take the opportunity to create an action plan that will take your jewelry business to even greater heights. What do you think? Are you open to trying this? Have you tried this in the past? I would love to know. Let me know in an Instagram DM, podcast review, or YouTube comment. So that's it for today. Did you have questions about the episode? You can always email me Larissa. That's L-A-R-Y-S-S-A at joyjoya.com. If you love this podcast, please share it with a friend who'd appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe as well as leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're completely new to digital marketing, then you'll want to purchase and read a copy of my book, Jewelry Marketing Joy. Visit joyjoya.com slash book for more information. 